My name is Tessa and I'm your host. Today's episode is brought to you by Get Out Pass. Check out getoutpass.com to see what fun things are included in your state. And don't forget to use my code TESTTALKS to get your passes at a discounted rate. This would be a very fun Valentine gift, especially if you have kids. So here we are in the month of love, and I thought it would be fun to talk about the different types of love and relationships. This month, Troy and I celebrate 26 years of marriage, so I thought we would start off with an episode I like to call Love and Marriage. I'm going to be doing this with my friends, Dr. Mark Leonard and Coach Becky Leonard. They are great examples of how a marriage can work. I'm so excited for you to hear this episode, so let's get started. All right, so I'm here with Becky and Mark, and we are going to talk about love and marriage. Love (laughs) and marriage, love and marriage. Goes together like a horse and carriage. love that oh my gosh I loved that song I thought it was so cool okay so we're gonna talk about love and marriage how to have I think how to have an effective relationship sure um <laughs> effective that makes effective. it sound so I know so transactional <laughs> right yeah. like, I will put one deposit into our relationship and out of it I expect this type of a return dinner no no okay so effective effective marriage okay sure let's do it yeah so and the reason I've asked Becky and Mark I actually think they're a great example of a loving marriage that works I really do. I think it's um, awesome. But it's also probably because you guys have such great mindsets. You do. You have to have a great mindset in any aspect of your life is what I'm learning. Mm-hmm. Or you can't be effective, right? Completely agree. Why is love important in a marriage or even a, a long-term relationship? Why do you guys think it's important? Why is love important in a long-term relationship or marriage? Mm-hmm. Becky? Becky? <laughs> See, this is, we're we're, going to make this really quick and easy. Uh, We'll give you all the insights here. Uh, We we agree on everything because I just ask her. Oh my God. No, 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 no. That's so not true. His dad would, what would your dad say? He would say. We would uh, compromise. We would compromise and Mm. she would. She would get her way. (laughs) Yeah, so, uh, yeah, no. That's not compromising? That's not, no. Which is really funny because sometimes in marriage or in relationships, there could be a feeling of compromising. Mm -hmm. And I've heard people say things like, I just don't like conflict. I don't want there to be problems in our marriage. So we won't have that type of a conversation. But then what happens is it builds up. Animosity. Yes. Mm-hmm. Builds up. Wait a second. Are you speaking from personal experience? Hang on. Should we have this conversation right now? No. I no, think... I mean, yeah, of course. Of course I'm speaking from personal experience. I yeah. think we've all experienced that where when you choose for one reason or another to not discuss something that's hurting you or making you feel a certain way, then it builds and it gets worse. Like whatever it is that's bothering you escalates and you get you feel worse about it so communication is essential i would even say communication is the very essence 
of love. Because if you can't have a conversation, good, bad, high stakes, no stakes, whatever, what, if you yeah. cannot have a communication in a relationship, then is there love? Yeah. I, I think what is replaced, because if you don't have communication, it only allows for one type of influence. And someone's going to be hurt. Someone's going to feel that they're not being heard, valued, or respected. That only comes from Satan. So if you are not having communication, it invites Satan into your relationship. Do you, do you agree, Beck? I agree. I, but I was going to say, or at least I was thinking when you were asking about love, I, I think that another important aspect of love going along with what you just said is respect. Having a really good loving relationship requires respect for the other person. And so respect in the way you communicate with each other, respect in the way you do things for each other, respect. Respect is just a key component in having a good relationship whether that's a friendship, whether that's marriage. We were talking before we start hit record about, like Mark teased about, well, we were fighting all morning, so how are we going to record this? And we weren't. But um, sure, we disagree all the time, but pretty early in our marriage, we had important conversations about how to communicate and that required respect for each other. I can't imagine, I don't know, yelling at you. Not that we haven't had our moments where we feel angry and frustrated and whatever, but sometimes the way we treat our family is different than we would treat anybody else. Like mm -hmm. we would never yell at a friend, and yet some people will yell at their spouse. Uh, and I just think our, our relationship's built on respect. And so sometimes that means we've got to walk away and cool off and figure out how we want to say something in order to have it be effective. I, I love what you're saying here and it makes me think that there were ground rules in order to have an understanding of how to communicate more effectively very early in our marriage we had to set some ground rules and when you said I'm not ready to talk about it I remember making the mistake of going no we need to work this out right now right it's like mm -hmm. we need to communicate it now mm -hmm. and all that did was bring in more frustration mm -hmm as opposed to being okay with, you were not ready to talk about it right now. That means if I did, that's not communication, that's one-sided. And then respect is out the window. Mm -hmm. So we had to set ground rules that said, okay, hey, are we going to talk about it now or not? And I know that we've had, <laughs> I think some of our best marriage conversations are in the car. Oh, the car is the best. I wish that we could take road trips and have it not hurt my back so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so you could, you could have more good conversations. Yes. yes. That's yeah. always the best. It's like you're a captive audience that when we've just got hours in the car and nothing else to do but talk and we've had our best dreaming. Yeah, I think Troy and I have had really good conversations in the car too, especially when we lived in a different area and we would have to drive to get to his mom or his dad's and... You know, so we had all that time to really just talk. Now, everything's so close and we don't drive to see family very often. So mm -hmm. we don't have all those, you know, those talks in the car. I think that respect is a key, right? Because if you don't respect your spouse, you're not going to communicate with them effectively. And I think that basically what you're saying is at the beginning of your marriage, 
you guys communicated and you, oh, and you oh. set ground rules. Let's, let's you know. clarify one thing here. Maybe not the beginning. Okay. Okay, you two. It's taken time. Do, it took time. Do you want the real deets? Do you want the reality of what our marriage looked like when we first got married? It was, it was terrible. It was first, horrendous. I, we say that if we had talked divorce in our first year of marriage, we probably would have divorced. But, well, so but, then it couldn't have been too bad because you didn't talk divorce. That's because... Right, we, we didn't communicate the first year. <laughs> the first, this is so true. Oh my gosh. The first year of our marriage. Now, mind you, we got married two weeks out of high school. We were babies. Yeah. We were absolute babies. I came from parents who were divorced and my mother was remarried and there uh, a history of a lot of fighting and arguing and a lot of name calling. I came from a history of a non-healthy example. Well, and I did too. We both came from or bad examples of communication. Yes. He came from a communication style of attack. And I came from a communication style of shutdown. Attack and retreat. Which yeah. evidently works great in war, but <laughs> not if you want to win a marriage. <laughs> Right, if you want both sides to yes. win, yes. It, doesn't work, it doesn't work out that way. No. So our first year. It was rough. But was then, so I mean, it, it probably took, I mean, how long do you think it took before we were at a point where we were talking about the hard stuff? And It took a couple of years. I think, it I took think a, it's been a, a lifetime process, to be honest. Well, I would, I would agree because I would say even in this year, we've been able to have hard conversations that have continued to deepen our understanding of one another. Mm-hmm. And I love that. It, yeah. it's, it has been the most fascinating year for our marriage. 32 years later, you know, getting married at 18, having our first child in a very shortened gestational period. It's amazing how that works. Amazing how that works. <laughs> I don't know how that happened, uh, <laughs> but a shortened gestational period, I'm pretty sure that's what that was. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know that happened, teenage hormones. <laughs> four. First baby born four months after we were, no, three, three months after we were married. Oh, wow. And coming from two different religious backgrounds, mm-hmm. two different upbringings, two different examples of marriage, neither one super positive, two very, uh, I would even say at times different socioeconomic. I mean, there was a whole bunch of things. Well, maybe. I mean, I think that we both came from um, backgrounds with families that were like not middle class, right? Upper class. However, um, his family came from big spending. My family came from... Miser. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Penny pincher? Yes. (laughs) To a fault. (laughs) So we Pennies turned into diamonds. They were squoze so tight. Really true. We yeah, we came from two very different backgrounds. So it has taken a lot to learn how to listen to each other, learn how to communicate effectively, learn how to respect each other's differences. All right. So sorry, Miss Interviewer, can I ask a question? Absolutely. All right, but how do you? What do you feel? Maybe as you look back over the last couple of years, and because we've had really interesting turmoil and tribulation. We've had a lot of phenomenal growth. What do you feel that we have done to deepen our respect and understanding for one another? Oh gosh, that's that's a deep question that requires thinking. Yeah. <laughs> nope, answer right this second. Yeah. You must have I all... want to know what this is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hurry, tell me. 
Um, I mean, I feel like we've been really intentional about having God be an intricate part of our marriage uh, in that, I mean, asking for help, being open to, I don't know, answers come in so many interesting places. And as you, as you take it to God and cry out all of your concerns and fears and struggles, and then really trust that he's going to open a path for you. And and there's been things that we've learned about each other and growth that's happened like this year, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. just this year, that are things that we've prayed about and been searching for answers, answers for for a long time. And I think it's being open to giving each other, like expe- extending mercy, mm-hmm. extending forgiveness, understanding that we're both neither one of us is in it to hurt the other person like we truly want a good marriage and we want to see each other learn and grow and it's being willing to let some things go while you search for the answers and and focusing on the things that are good in your marriage like you said at the beginning mindset mindset's everything sorry i i just when you said that a, a moment ago about inviting the lord into our marriage i absolutely positively love the story of Laman and Lemuel and their questioning. Mm-hmm. And I love how Nephi comes in as these two brothers, the older guys are supposed to be like the ones that are going to be taking over the family legacy, the family business, the family everything. They And Laman and Lemuel say, behold, we cannot understand the words which our father has spoken concerning the natural branches of the olive tree and also concerning the Gentiles. And Nephi's response, I think, is a great answer for marriage, for relationships, and frankly, for pretty much everything you could ever imagine. It's a short verse. He says, and I said unto them, have ye inquired of the Lord? And I think that has probably been the biggest difference maker in our marriage over the past couple of years, inviting the Lord more and more into our relationship because even with trial, tribulation, difficulty, even with two by fours, four by four, six by sixes, and eight by eights hitting us on occasion. <laughs> Anymore? Uh, yeah. yeah. Plywood yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Hey. Some plywood. I, <laughs> A little I, bit thicker. <laughs> I, I ducked on some of those. Um, I think the more we invite the Lord into our marriage, and that even includes into our disagreements. It's really, really hard to stay mad at your best friend. It's really hard to stay upset with your spouse when you are inquiring of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Because that requires two things. That requires humility. It requires us to be humble enough to ask, which opens up the door for learning. I would say the thing that impacted our marriage the most was being willing to invite the Lord into our disagreements. Help me see what Becky sees. When we opened our business a couple of years ago, we put this sign on the wall that was the things that our squad needed to live by in order to have a really good culture. And the thing, three things that were important to us that they did was to, see if I can get them right, assume innocence, show respect, and extend mercy. But I think like that didn't come to us when we opened the store. I think that's what we live by in our marriage. So I, I think 
going along with what you said, just focusing on we're both here to learn and grow and being able to step back and say, how does he see it? What I'm seeing or what I'm hearing too is like two people, different backgrounds, you come together. So how do you have an effective marriage, right? How do you have Mm -hmm. a long lasting marriage? Well, you communicate, but you have respect for each other enough to listen to the other person and take into consideration what you're, what you're saying, not just shutting each other down real quick or being like, I don't care. I don't really care what they think. It's going to happen this way, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so that respect, that mutual respect is your drive for having an effective marriage. That respect, which includes communication, love, and, um, and the Lord. That's really important. And, when, and it seems like because you're on both on the same page, you know, your goals are similar. Your dreams are similar. So it's not so much like, oh yeah, I want to do this, you want to do that. Every once in a while, we'll like get together and have dinner or something. <laughs> you know, sometimes like, that happens. You have to, yeah. But you do like even so even for a friendship. I mean, if you and I did not communicate, we wouldn't be friends, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, because if we live near each other and we're friends, we are communicating. And we have respect for each other. Mm-hmm. That's what I think is like a true friendship. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think is a true marriage too, is having that respect and communicating and giving grace to your spouse. No one's perfect. And so I can't say, well, I'm so much better in making decisions than this person. We just see things differently. Yeah. We come at everything from a different lens based on our life's experiences. So times when I'm frustrated or hurt and the first thing I'll ask is, how does he see this? What would be hard for him in this situation? And I think that takes kind of the frustration out of my own place is to be able to care for how he might be feeling and what he might be going through. And Do you think though that that has to do with the fact that you have invited the Lord into your life and into your marriage? Yeah. Uh, yes. Because I like for me, I when you say that, I think okay. Well, if if I didn't like have a belief in the Lord and I didn't ask Him and include Him in my life, would I actually think like, oh, well, let me see how my spouse sees it. Let me let me see if I can feel how he feels. If I didn't, I'd probably just be like, well, I don't care. Yeah, I think it goes back to that. Um, eternal perspective too. You know, when I've had my lowest bouts of depression and things are not fun, I am sure. I am sure it was quite the struggle for Mark and the rest of the family, but he's looking at me from the perspective of we're in this for eternity and what am I going to do to support her as Mm -hmm. she works through this? And as he's had his own struggles in our marriage and and the same thing goes for me that we don't just love each other as spouses and as lovers and but we're true best friends and we're true true eternal best friends i want to see him become something greater with god and so i i support that Mm -hmm. and i forgive because we're in it for that learning and, and growth for eternity together yeah, and you see, you you can see the end product of like what you want. Mm-hmm. You know that. So when you have that end goal right in mind, then it helps too with all the little things leading up to that. Yeah. All right. I guess I'll be some of the scripture guy today. So in Genesis <laughs> chapter two, verse eighteen, 
it's talking about the word help or help meet. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in our current 2024 understanding of help meet, we like to say, oh, help meet means that they are servitude, that they're less than. However, if you look at the Hebrew word for help, it means to rescue, to save, and to be strong. We look at each other as help meets. I cannot do this life nor am I meant to do this life alone. I'm not to be a lone man on the earth. We learn that from Genesis. Nor am I meant to do it in a way that is putting me above Becky. In fact, the only way I can make it to my ultimate goal in life, in marriage, and in the kingdom of God is to have Becky as my helpmeet because she rescues me more times than I can count. She gives me power more than I can imagine. And we invite that third person, Christ, into our marriage. It creates a powerful footstool. And, and you can literally look at it as a footstool. And if you've ever sat on a three-legged footstool and one of those legs is short, and you're trying to figure out and you're wobbly and you feel like you're gonna fall over, that's because you are not giving the proper amount of respect, space, and power to those three legs. It has to be Becky, it has to be me, and it has to be the Lord mm -hmm. in equal measure. And if it is not, that chair will topple over. I love all of this. Um, and, I, and so I don't want my listeners to think that like we're saying that if you don't believe in God, you can't have a happy marriage. Correct. Right? Correct. Right? Because you still can. Yep. But you still need that communication and that respect for one another, even if you don't include God. You still need to have respect and kindness and love. And, you know, and from my eyes, I'm like, well, that's just, if you have that, you have God. <laughs> But some people don't believe in, believe in God. Call it a universal power. There you call go. It, call it God. Call it Yewa. Call it, I've heard light. spaghetti in the sky. The church of the spaghetti <laughs> in the sky. That's a real church, by the way. Uh, <laughs> call it whatever. Call it light. By the way, I love calling that universal power light. Mm -hmm. You can always chase away darkness. Mm -hmm. with light and you can measure light and light waves you cannot measure darkness in dark waves because darkness always has at least it just means an absence of light of light yeah so whatever you call it becky and i choose to call it god yeah. we choose to call it jesus christ we choose to invite that light that power into our marriage but whatever someone calls it there is a light and through light comes power and that is how we continue to strengthen mm -hmm. our marriage and continue to grow mm -hmm. um this and you can't grow without light yeah funny right and this and this year has been really fascinating for us because our youngest child we have six kids our youngest child is off at college. I've got to tell you, I don't know about you, Becky. Oh, shoot, I'm going to open this up. I think I got a little nervous last summer thinking about it's just going to be you and I in the home and wondering what was that going to look like because for 32 years, we have had a child in the home. 
for 32 years, our weekly schedule revolved around, does someone have practice? Does someone have homework? Does someone this? Does someone that? And all of a sudden, all of that was going away and it was just going to be you and I. And I, and I remember sitting there last summer going, what is this going to look like? And wondering, um, not questioning our marriage or relationship, but wondering almost in awe, like, where could this go? What is it going to look like? Mm -hmm. Because we were stepping into a very new, very unknown territory for us. Well, right. Especially since, I mean, there really wasn't a lot of time when you were first married where you were alone. Nope. So it's like, <laughs> this is really the first time you guys have been yeah. alone. It's true. Yeah. And I mean, I know that I know that there are lots of people who maybe they did have some time alone at the beginning, but then, you know... 30 years later, all their kids are grown and they're finally gone. And they're like, wait, what do we do? Yeah. How well, do we talk? Because it's always been a conversation, including the kids and around their day and their life and their whatever. We made a really intentional effort years ago to make sure that our marriage was a priority. Our relationship was a priority. Okay, I was going to say, so not just that your your family was your priority, right. but your the two of us. Your, yes. Or I like to say that I'm a fierce defender of our marriage. There's been maybe unpopular opinion here, but things that Mark and I have intentionally done to make sure that we protect the sanctity of our relationship, our marriage. Like um, neither one of us has a best friend that's of the opposite sex. That's never, that's never been a thing. It's not that we don't have friends. It's not that we don't enjoy it like other people, but I, I'm never going to go out with somebody of the opposite sex and have lunch. Mm -hmm. Like by that's, ourselves. No, by it's uh, yeah that we've made a very intentional effort to make sure that other relationships are put in a place that doesn't create a space for an emotional connection that isn't that maybe could be as strong as we have, and so. Well, it's because. The majority of affairs are emotional. We like to sit here because on television and media and movie, and it's a great storyline, he had an affair, she had an affair, and that denotes that there was a sexual activity. But the vast majority of affairs are emotional affairs. I would suspect that they all start as emotional. They do. Whether it becomes physical or not, it always starts as emotional. And so if you find that you're going to somebody else to talk about your plot problems instead of working it out with your spouse, you're setting yourself up for having issues in your marriage. And so we've even been intentional with um, our marriage comes before any of our friendships. And that doesn't mean like you're one of my best friends, right? But yeah. my husband is my ultimate best friend. Yeah. My husband, if, if I can't go to him with any and all struggles that I have, if I'm utilizing other people instead of my husband to know all the things about me and, and to be able to be there for me for my emotional support, then we are not doing marriage right. So that's that's been something that's very important to us. Well, and I think that goes toward, you know, with what you're saying with like friendships between like you and I, right? So I respect you too enough that I know that I'm not the most important person in your life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but I, I but, and you're so, up there though. I yes. Know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I know that. Yes, of course, of course. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, 
But, you know, when you have that, like, I know, though, that even though he is your best friend and he's your go-to and he's whatever, I know that you'll always be there for me. Not that I think that I would expect you to ever keep anything from him, but I know that you have respect for me so that if I come to you with something, then, you know, it's not necessarily that you're going to go and tell him and then, you know, but I also have respect for both of you to where I know that even if Mark does know something that I've told you that it's not going anywhere else. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, let's bring so. those up on this podcast. Let me, <laughs> let me share with you what I've heard here, Tessa. You no. Know, all the times I spend money that I should have oh. been <laughs> Just kidding, babe. Whatever. Just That's so funny. kidding. Um, no, it, I, I love what you're saying there because we are not, I don't want someone to confuse what Becky is saying mm-hmm. with because Becky and I are best friends, that means she cannot have girlfriends that are really close. That does yeah. not mean that she couldn't go on a girl's trip with those girls, mm-hmm. right? Right. Mm-hmm. I have plenty of friendships. I even have guy friendships, but I don't I don't text them. I don't call them. I don't go out to lunch with them. There's an right. appropriate place yes. for them in my life. Women have a different type of, um, I think, emotional relationship, right? Yes. Or... Mm-hmm. Not even just, but a different connection. Because I have a few people in my life, a few women, that like I know that even if I don't talk to them in a long time, they will be there for me if I need it. Yeah. Uh, no questions asked. But I don't have someone besides my husband of the opposite sex in my life like that. And But that doesn't mean that that is the way for everybody. I think that's just a really unpopular opinion. The world says... You can have deep, fulfilling relationships with everybody and still have a strong marriage. And in Mark and I's stances, you know, relationships, like you kind of have to put them in a a different box once you're married. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like your commitment is to your spouse above everybody else. And that emotional connection and what you share and all of that, you need to protect that relationship. And that does mean that other relationships, for us, other relationships are different than they were before we were married. Mm-hmm. And as Mark was saying earlier, like there's an emotion, there's still an emotional connection. Mm-hmm. So my emotional connection with you and the emotional connection I have with Mark. They're two totally different things. Yes. Well said. Yes. And you know, yeah. So they're different. My, but my respect for both of you is this, like, I respect you both. So I think it's really important that you have this communication in your marriage where you can both be on the same page with that. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if you weren't, if you were like, well, I still have my, my best friend was a girl and I still, she's still my best friend. But don't you feel like at some point that means that you, like, I would feel like I was in competition with the other person if I felt like, are you going to come to me all the time or are you going to her too? Right. Like a, okay, here, here's the scripture guy again, (laughs) but I I think, I think we learn a lot about marriage relationships Mm -hmm. Yes. From scriptures and from <laughs> stories. And it's very clear that they twain shall be one. They're supposed to leave their mother and their father. Yep. And they twain. Those two should be one. And twain actually means no, intertwine. Yes. They shall become as one. As such, if that is true, one of the biggest pet peeves I have on the face of the planet is when I hear a man who is married speak negatively 
about his wife. And I just say, how dare he? Mm -hmm. That is your best friend. And if you are calling her names or if you are utilizing terminology that is derogatory, you are absolutely destroying the sanctity of your marriage because you have already made the decision in your heart that she is the adversary mm -hmm. in that relationship. So that is probably even what causes the most conflict in a relationship then, is that you already have this thought, even if, if, even if it's subconsciously, mm -hmm. right? Because if you are mm -hmm. talking negative, then you've got to have some thought somewhere that either she's not good enough, he's not good enough, mm -hmm. and that, you know, you're better and you deserve better, mm -hmm. right? You got locker room talk mm -hmm. that guys have. I don't know how many guys listen to your podcast. Probably none. Well, okay, cool. <laughs> so it's just me. All right, that's awesome. I have heard your podcast before, Tessa. Thanks. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, I just that locker room talk as soon as you start airing out with your friends mm -hmm. how terrible your relationship is mm -hmm. what you're looking for is emotional support and justification for the way that you feel mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. if a guy is going and saying oh my wife and I'll tell you what guys will say maybe not I don't know because <laughs> I, I shut off friendships and do this I literally do if I hear a man talk about his wife as the, the hag or the ball and chain, mm. I sit here and think to myself, I don't want to be around that. I don't want to be around someone who views their marriage that way. Well, you don't want that negative energy, right? That negative yeah. vibration because yeah. then it could start to, to yeah. gnaw on you and bring you down. Absolutely. Now, if they say, hey, man, I'm having some troubles in my marriage mm -hmm. and this is what's going on. That's different. That's different. That's different, right? Like, give me some advice. Yeah, or that... even guys talking about it, maybe not looking for advice, although guys, they like to solve problems. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so let me tell you. So guys like to solve things. But I just find that a person in marriage, me, I have to be very careful with how I even share if I'm frustrated with something that I perceive Becky has done, right? Go back to that assuming innocence, going back to that extending mercy, mm -hmm. going back to showing respect that she talked about before in our business is fantastic in marriage because if I am extending her mercy, that opens the door for me to be extended mercy. Now, I also want to be very clear. Marriage is not a 50-50 proposition. It's 100-100. And if you are out talking negatively about your marriage to your friends, then you are not living 100-100. If you're going to a friend and saying, hey, I need some help with something, and by the way, you don't have to use all the details. Right. Right? right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you get frustrated because someone's squeezing toothpaste <laughs> from the bottom or the top oh, yeah. or the middle... I can tell you right now, we could save a marriage. Ready? Buy Becky? your own tube. Buy your own tube. <laughs> Saves marriages. Left and right. I love it that. doesn't matter. I love that. That is not a marriage breaker, y'all. If the dishes are not stacked perfectly. It's okay. They're still stacked. They're stacked. They're stacked. <laughs> Becky, I did the dishes today and I know it would not be how you did the dishes. And how much do you care? I'm just glad they're done. 
Amen. I had to work on that, though. Well, of course. We all right? do. Because, I mean, like, especially when you first get married, I mean, you have your way. And your spouse has their way. Yes. And then most of the time, when you get married, your ways conflict. <laughs> they butt heads. They're like, wait, you do this? But no, it's supposed to be done this way. Totally. And so that's the whole, not compromise, but communicating and, and showing and having that respect for each other. Yeah, for a while in our marriage, he just stopped helping because <laughs> he felt like he could never do it right. And then I was, of course, offended because... I was not getting any help. and Right, you're doing it all, and you're like, gee whiz. I know. That's how I would feel. I'd be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yep. And so it, it, took, it took one of those hard talks where we kind of had clear the air, and then he had to say, like, I feel like I can't do anything right. And I said, I feel like you're not doing anything. <laughs> can't do anything right if you're not right. doing anything. <laughs> anyway. It was, it was a lose-lose, okay? Was, uh, <laughs> But no, I mean, it was it was a problem on, on both of our parts. And so I wanted help more than I wanted it done the way that I wanted it done. Right. So yeah. anyway, so we yeah, we've come a long way with that. But it did take some work. <laughs> well, everything takes work, right? Everything. Everything. Any, any relationship, whether it's with a spouse, a sibling, a parent, a friend, coworker, a job, a money, yeah. a car, whatever it is, anything, anything that you value takes work. Yeah. And you have to be willing to put in the work and you have to be willing to get feedback that you're not going to like. Yeah. And you have to be willing to look at the other person's perspectives and you have to be willing to try. And it's so sad when I see people stop trying because they got frustrated mm -hmm. and they didn't have the conversation or they had the conversation, but they didn't feel respected, valued, and understood. I heard someone this week uh, on another podcast say, if you have already said the words divorce in your marriage, maybe we should just, right, out of frustration, maybe we just should get divorced. Maybe this isn't working. It's hard to come back from that. Mm -hmm. You've already planted that seed. And once that seed is planted, it doesn't mean it's a done deal, but you have got to do a lot of weed killer to get that seed back out of that ground mm -hmm. and work towards repairing what well, caused and, that problem. And from both, because yes. if mm -hmm. I say it, then it's a seed planted in my mind and my spouse's mind. Mm -hmm. And that's... That's like double work. I don't want double work. Mm -hmm. I had a, a friend when we were living in Utah that we were living next door to each other and we did everything together. And one day we were talking about how much we recognized going back to the conversation about how we talked to our spouses or about our spouses. We were, we recognized that all the ladies that we were hanging with were really derogatory about their spouses all the time. We didn't want to get caught up in that and we had had, you know, our own frustrations with our spouses. And so the two of us decided together that we were going to do something to change that. And so I don't even know how the idea came up. I don't know, like how it all formulated, but we went out and we bought a piece of poster board and we taped it up on our spouse's side of the bed, like above their nightstand. And then for, I don't even remember how long it was for the first one, if it was two weeks or 30 days or whatever, Every day we had to write something that we loved about our spouse. And that was our way of refocusing on the things that were good instead of the things that were frustrating us. And at first it was super easy. It was, you know, oh, I love his blue eyes or I love... <laughs> 
I don't know, the way he makes me smile or laugh. But you get enough days in and you you really have to ponder mm -hmm. what you love about them. And it becomes really meaningful. And honestly, my friend and I, it, it changed the trajectory of our feelings towards our spouse, but it also changed how our spouse was feeling about us too. It became this really tender experience and we've now utilized that several times. Our marriage, Mark uses it in his coaching because it's so impactful. But I think when you're talking about, if you utter the word divorce, it's because you're now going down a path where you're only thinking about the negative and mm -hmm. the best way to change that is to just focus on the things that are good. Well, and sometimes it's hard because if you are, let's say you're working on it, but he's not, and then he's like, I really don't care. That can be really hard. I think that's where a lot of people are like, okay, well, I give up, I'm done. Now it becomes about me. Troy and I were told when we, we were sealed in the Atlanta temple, the one thing, the only thing that I remember was the sealer said, put your spouse first. If you put your husband first and you put your wife first, you become more selfless, right? And then you're serving and you're kind, and then that respect is there. So when you're both doing that, you're communicating better, you're respecting better, you're loving better. I mean, you're still not perfect, but you have to have that same kind of um, goal, I think, in mind. I just think it's awesome how you've gone from barely communicating to, I mean, you guys are great communicators from my eyes, Yeah, you know? Yeah, we are. We are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I I'll see. take that one. Not just yeah, from my I've... eyes, from their eyes. <laughs> It, it's but, you know, been a work in progress. Well, it, right. Thank you for recognizing it. But that's what that's what marriage is, isn't it? Isn't that what a family is? Is mm -hmm. a work in progress? I mean, we've become spouses. We've never been spouses before. We don't know how to do it. We have to work together on it. Now we become parents. We've never been parents before. We have to work on that together. Because if, if we're not trying to work on it together and if we're not having the same goals you know the same end goal what's what really is the point yeah you want to be miserable i mean right <laughs> i didn't get to this point in life to have our last baby leave the house and then be like well now what yeah or okay now the kids <laughs> are gone we're we're split i'm yes. gonna go live the life i really want yes like, obviously the reason you work at it is because this is what you want right I didn't get married 32 years ago. I don't know, to just go through the motions. And yeah. I love what you said about your marriage. Early on in our marriage, Mark's dad sits us down for this really nice dinner and we're having this conversation and I'm holding my brand new baby, our, our first baby. And he tells us, moms especially, but moms and dads tend to get in this mode where everything becomes about the baby and your whole life revolves around the baby and you forget to take care of your marriage. It's really should be opposite if you, f you need to focus on your marriage first. And like it took me back a little bit. I've all, well, okay, this baby is a newborn. She can't take care of herself, you know. But then he went on to tell us that if you focus on each other, if you focus on your marriage and you put each other first, then everything else falls into place. Like your children will be taken care of the way they need to be taken care of. That like everything else will work the way it's supposed to as long as you put each other first and you're on the same page. That was really impactful to us. And so we've really been intentional as much as we could be with, you know, six kids and crazy mm -hmm. life and whatever. But we've been really intentional about date nights, you know, mini getaways. And we haven't had a bunch of 
big vacations in our marriage with all the crazy that we've gone through, but we've made it a point to have enough time away together to be make sure we're connecting, make sure that we're still solid. And so I think that with the last baby leaving the house, I would say that our friendship is the best it's ever been. Our intimacy is the best it's ever been. Our goals and dreams are the best they've ever been. And I think it's because we've been living our whole life up until this moment. It hasn't just been like kids get married and leave the house and then we figure it out. It's the best it's been. It is. It really is. And um, wow. Um, It is the best it has ever been. It's so funny after 32 years to have that rekindling of feeling like a newlywed. And yet, as I look back, everything that we've learned over the course of 32 years has not rekindled. It has continued Mm -hmm. to kindle. So it's not a rekindling. It's a continuing to kindle. But, you know, between the, the poster and the writing the things, and we've done that multiple times, between that and putting each other first, I think it comes down to two very definitive principles that have been proven by science for happiness. And it works really well for our individuals and it works phenomenally well in relationships. And there are two things, two levers that someone can pull today that will make the biggest impact on their happiness. The first one is gratitude. And okay, you can say, go, oh, sure, everyone says that. (laughs) Just go write down what you're grateful for. Yep. However, (laughs) that's fine. If you don't like putting gas in your car, then you just keep driving that thing. If you don't like putting electricity, because if it's a plug-in one, then Mm -hmm. don't plug it in and just see how far that gets you. You have to keep putting fuel into the vehicle to keep it going and gratitude is the fuel for your life. It is the, it is the fuel for your marriage. Mm-hmm. And then if you wanna put rocket fuel into your marriage, the second one is agency. Focusing on what you can really control. I can control the things I say, I think, or I do in regards to Becky. Mm-hmm. I can focus on those things that I actually have control over. I can control a lot of things when the bills are paid or when they're not. I can control what is on the TV or what is not. Becky can control those things too. We can control the really deep, more difficult things, our business. But guess what? We cannot control distribution. We cannot control inflation. I cannot control if my employees show up or not, but I can choose how I want to respond to those things. Likewise, I can choose how I want to respond to the things that Becky says to me. Because I will tell you, Tessa, even this week, Becky said something to me and my first inclination was, Well, why is she so frustrated and mad with me? That wasn't her intent. I can choose how I want to respond to that. So the greatest thing that you can do in marriage and in your personal life and in your business is focus on these two things, gratitude and agency. And let me also share, it has been proven to be the two greatest ingredients in the recipe for happiness. 
It's been proven in the largest studies in the world. It's been proven to help your marriage. It's been proven to have the greatest impact on your physical health. Is practicing those things over and over and over again. Gratitude and agency. Mm-hmm. And they're not new concepts. Because today I'm being the scripture guy. They're found in scriptures. Yeah. And I love that. I love that too because sometimes it takes a long time to get good at this, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going through this huge period of learning right now and sometimes I have a little negative thought that says, well, why didn't you learn this sooner? You could have saved yourself so much headache. Mm-hmm. But true, when we have gratitude and when we are using our agency to control how we think and the things that we say... We have more power in how our relationship can go. You know, for a long time, I was, you know, because, oh, I'm not perfect in any way. And <laughs> I mean, I, everything always made me upset. And, oh, it's just my fault again. Everything's my fault. Even when the kids did something wrong, I was like, oh, it's my fault. And so now I'm learning, like, it's okay if you and I have an opposite thought. Doesn't mean that. Mine is invalid. It doesn't mean that mine is wrong. But it also doesn't mean that he, that my spouse is wrong. Yeah. You know? So and so then that contention of, well, he's just wrong or she's just wrong or you know, like you have to give each other grace and you have to have that respect, so that way you don't always have hard feelings towards each other. I think that's what I'm learning. You know, like, I, I have to let things go. Is it that important? Like, am I going to let it make me feel animosity? I don't right. want to feel that way, especially with my children. So that's something I'm really <laughs> learning is how, not to let that affect. I'm trying not to let that affect my relationship with my spouse. Yeah. Because that's hard. That's a hard one. I like to say that you're both right and you're both wrong. But I feel like that big pivotal thing for me is when I think, like, I'm right in what I'm thinking, but he's also right in what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. And it's okay that he's right and I'm right. And so really, I mean, you're both right and you're both wrong. It really means you're both right. <laughs> you're both right and that that's, a, that's an okay place to be. That yeah. it doesn't have to be all me or all him. Like yeah. was. In, you know, going back to that, you know, in marriage it's 100-100. But there are days that I'm only giving 20, but that's my 100. That is all I'm able to give on that day. Or there are days that... You're only able to give 30 or 40 or 50 or whatever that is. But in marriage, I will make up the difference. On the days that you're only at 50, then dang it, I better find that power inside of me to go make up that difference. Who was it that was talking about that? And they were saying, and if neither one of you can make up the difference, then you sit and you have a conversation about it. You figure out how to be strong together, right? Well, and if if you have true love and true respect and true friendship... For each other then you can make it work you can, and if you have again I know some people don't but if you believe in God and you have him included in your marriage and in every aspect then I really feel like pretty much anything can be worked through it can I think that probably not another podcast for another day because we couldn't even talk about all the things that we've been through. It's too private and whatever. The amount of things that we've been through in our marriage would tear most marriages down, I would say. I think we've dealt with it all at this point with, you know, various struggles with 
people with choices. We've been through a lot and we're stronger than ever. And that I think is just a testament to with God and with a respect for each other and love for who we are and where we are going and uh, you can get through anything. So do you think too then that how you guys work together, it helps with your own personal growth and your own personal mindset? You know, because just because you're married now and you're going through all this doesn't mean that you're not still your own individual person and you're correct your own individual person, right? So you're going to have growth in things that he's not and vice versa. How does this love and this connection and this respect help you with your personal growth? Because you're not going to just be like, oh yeah, well Mark loves me and so I'm going to do whatever he tells me to do. Like, I mean, I'm going to go learn this, this subject because Mark wants me to. You still have your own personal growth. You still, there's still you. It goes back to the whole concept of allowing people to be on their journey. The same thing goes in a marriage that we're going to learn things. I don't know. We're just going to learn all kinds of things at our own pace. And yeah, you might not learn them at the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just sharing a story with one of our kids this, this week, actually. You know, they look at me, the kids. He even said, well, of course I am because I grew up with a dad that's a personal development expert. And I shared with him something that he did not know. It was, well, you grew up with two parents that are personal development experts. He goes, well, yeah, of course, mom is now. I said, no, 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 no. Mom is the original one in our marriage. When we first got married, Becky was reading, you know, self-development, personal development books. She was watching these things and really learning. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Wow. 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 Now, hey, just in my defense, I grew up in the Church of the Rockies, meaning that I was raised on my God growing up was ski resorts and everything that had to do with that. And I was very new age and did a lot of really interesting things. Another podcast, another day. But um, she did all of this personal development study and growth. I wasn't. And I love that she was just saying, you know, you're on your own journey and your own timeline. Fast forward many years later, and my doctorate is in this, and in personal development and coaching and that why people are successful, why other people are not. And however, people look at us now yes. and they go, oh, well, you're the personal development expert. Well, ironically enough, Becky not only started that way, I would even say there was a period of time where she kind of stepped back from being as intentional about learning about those things for a period. It's called six children. Okay, so (laughs) call it for that. Whatever you want to call it, that's fine. Six kids. Sure. In coaching, we call that, oh, you're just distracted. No. You're not wrong. (laughs) Um, Oh, it's a distraction. And now we're both really deeply into that mindset mm-hmm. and personal development, you know, and, you know, she's coach Becky Leonard and I'm Dr. Mark Leonard, right? We're, you know, people know us as those things now, but that journey has taken different timelines. I was a late bloomer to this. And honestly, I flunked it. 
in my undergrad, I flunked organizational behavior <laughs> twice. <laughs> and the second time, the school said, maybe higher education is not for you. <laughs> and they were offering me to look at other options. <laughs> it wasn't until many years later that it just clicked for me. But I go back to, she was that example first. And I can say, I am who I am today because she set an example and then gave me time. I had to cure. I had to sit in it. I had to be pickled. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's a ham. Maybe it's a brandy. No, not that. Um, it, I had to. I had to cure. You're a little fermented. Yeah, I had to. Fer <laughs> I'm definitely fermented. You smell a little bit like sauerkraut. Um, so <laughs> I had to sit with it longer than she did, and she gave me the space to figure it out. She wasn't the wife that was like, you know, Mark, if you just did all this. Everything would oh, be mean better. you like me? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I'm, know. The wife, I'm the wife of mother that says, well, you should just do it the way I tell you to. <laughs> hey, look, she probably did in her own way, and I wasn't ready to hear it. But she gave me enough space so that now, sure, I am a mindset expert. Yes, I am an expert in this field of relationships and connections and how to grow your life and be better in every aspect of your life. Yes, I am that person now because she gave me the space to figure that out along my path. I think that's so awesome because, so you're not only growing together, you're growing, you know, you're growing individually, but together, right? Yes. And you're supporting each other. You're helping each other to grow. You're allowing grace for each other because you know, okay, well, so maybe he or she hasn't gotten it now, but at some point I know they will. And so it's not a, well, if you just do this, it's you give them time and then, you know, you end up growing together. Oh yeah. We're each other's biggest cheerleaders. That's so awesome. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. If I, if I come to him with some crazy idea for, okay, hey babe, this summer, I think that um, when I graduate in 2025, I want to go on and go to graduate school and do two years of DPT at 52 years old. And his response is, 100% you should do it. There was no like, well, that's a lot of money or, you know, you're kind of old now or <laughs> whatever. Oh <my> <laughs> or, you know, rewind um, 15 years ago when the summer that we're marrying off our first daughter, he's like, hey, babe, I think I'm going to go get my doctorate at Pepperdine and I think I'll take the test this summer and then we're going to go to school the week after you marry off Rachel, right? And my response was, if you want to do it, let's do it. It was interesting. We were, years ago, I had a, a business. I had a women's online boutique and it required a lot of sacrifice and it required some money and it required a whole bunch of, just a lot of sacrifice. And I had people that would say, my husband would never let me do that. And I literally, like, it makes me cry. Like it isn't our job to support each other, to learn and grow together. Exactly. Like you said, we're not always on the same path, but we're, we're on parallel paths and we're crossing, we're like crossing between each other's paths because we are like a hundred percent in on supporting the person in their learning and growth where oh, whatever would, that looks like. I would never, ever want to be the one that stops you from achieving your greatest dream and potential. Same. 
That would be the worst measure of failure in my life. Dang, sorry to get emotional about this. When you talked about going on to do your doctorate of physical therapy, and I love it because what people can't see is that when you said that, your hip was hurting, your back was hurting, and it wasn't because of age, it's because of injuries and things like that, and you're in a lot of pain, and it's a demanding physical doctorate. I could never imagine being the husband that would say, you know, maybe you should think about that. Heck, no. I want to be the guy that is known for supporting my wife in her crazy dreams. Because when you do your crazy dreams, I get better. We're help meets, right? I get better with every aspect of my life as you get better. And whatever it costs, I don't care. And we're not made of money. We figure it out. We figure, yes. Uh, Make I can't, it work. We Make always, work work. We, we have a phrase, and we, I borrowed it from Marie Forleo, wrote a book called Everything is Figureoutable. And that is how we live our life of, well, let's figure it out. You want to do that? That sounds crazy. <laughs> let's do it. Like, <laughs> I'm in. It is crazy. It, and, I, love, I love his cheerleading, too, because I have moments where I think, I can't believe that this is the path I'm going down. And mm-hmm. he's like, babe, you've got this. I think that's wonderful because I think I can honestly say there's not a lot of that in the world. There's not a lot of marriages that have that type of support, that type of love, that type of sacrifice. But I think it's important that more marriages do have it. I want that for myself. And I want that for my children. I want that for my siblings. I want that for my parents. Like I think if we focused more on that communication, that respect, we could all have like stronger, loving relationships. I think it would save marriages. I think we would change the statistics of the world. I think we would lessen Satan's power on the face of the earth if more couples had that mentality of you want to do what? Count me in. You see all those memes of, yeah, you think that was great. Hold my beer, right? It's like, <laughs> I, we want to be that way in our marriage. Here, hold my zip fizz because we are going <laughs> all in. All and in. it would change the economy if more marriages, if more people had that type of mentality towards one another. She's not wrong. When I went to go do my doctorate at Pepperdine, I told her, it's like, I kind of think I want to do this. I talked to a guy at work. He just went to Pepperdine for his master's. I hear they have a doctorate. This is like on a Friday. I think the test is Wednesday. <laughs> I think I'm going to do it. And she goes, okay, let's go. Right. <laughs> and if you want to do it, let's do it. And we didn't look at how much it costs. We didn't look at anything. We just said, that was my dream. Yes, I know. I had four days to think about my dream. <laughs> but that's the type of craziness that we have in our marriage is yeah. we just Go for it. And guess what? We don't hit it out of the park every time. We don't hit it out of the park with our businesses every time. We don't hit it out of the park in our marriage every time. We strike out too. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that life tuition gets expensive. But I'll tell you what. Our marriage is stronger than anything I could ever imagine. And it just gets stronger because we look at it as... What can we do? 
How can we swing again? How are we going to figure this out? We don't have the money for this. By the way, I'm leaving on a trip. I decided to go yesterday. You just figure it out. And it's not a fun trip. It's a business trip. But you just kind of, you figure it out. And Becky goes, let's do it. We'll just, that's how, that's how we live our life. That's love. Going back to your original question, love for us is being that cheerleader that no matter how crazy, no matter how insane it may look on the surface, if that's what she wants or if that's what I want, then let's figure it out together. Together. I love it. Yeah. I think you guys are such great examples and I don't want anyone to start feeling like, oh, jealous and oh, I wish I could have their marriage because you can. You can. All you have to do is try, right? Put forth some effort. And so if you're struggling, then, you know, include God in your, in your marriage and in your struggles and ask for help. And don't compare your marriage where you are right now to where you think we are right now. Mm -hmm. Don't compare where you are to someone else that you see. Yeah. Only look at your, the only comparison should really be is where is our marriage right now? What can I control? Agency. Yep. What can I control today? What can I do better today? That's how I approach it. And then what am I grateful for with Becky? Every single day, every single day in my journal, I have a question that says, who needs me on my A game today? And that answer, 99 times out of 100, is Becky needs me to be on my A game. I want to bring that to our marriage and our relationship and our business and to our family and to our friendships and anything else that we do. I do that and she does that too for her. I think um, having faith that the answer is out there too. Like you're going to come across problems in your marriage that you might not have the answer to for a long time. But I like I have faith that God knows my struggle and that Whenever it's right, that answer that answer will be there. I have full faith that he knows he'll help me find whatever it is. Mm-hmm. We had something we were struggling with our marriage for, oh gosh, 31 years. Yes. Yes. <laughs> 31 wow. years. And, and it was one of those things where you're like, I love him and he loves me enough that you kind of just go, maybe this is what it is. And, and you put it aside. And like I came across an article that like opened it up. It just wide opened up and and solved the thing that we had been struggling with for so long. And it actually gave us the perspective of the other person. It was really cool. Um, and suddenly neither one of us felt broken anymore. And we both could see the other person's perspective. And it just like, it healed. And it just came at the right time. And, and God's good at doing that. Like when it's right. And if you keep looking for the solution, like your, your marriage will be okay. And some things, it's kind of like, I don't know, religion or this is kind of like a lot of things in life. You might not have all the answers right away, but you can still have a really beautiful relationship without having all the answers. You can still, it's okay to let things go and still just love them completely and wholly. Well, because today might not be perfect, but tomorrow we have the opportunity to try again. Even if you feel like maybe the other person isn't ready to change, the more you change, then the more everything around you changes. Yeah. And love them for who they are while you're doing your own changing. Well, it's like what you and I and and Becca had talked about, right? Grace where you are as you are. Yes. Yes. So we have to also give each other that grace wherever that person is. 
yeah. right now. And we might not be on the same page, but maybe someday we'll get there. Yeah. Just don't give up hope. Right. Right? That like, oh, well, it's over. Like anything in life, you have to keep working, keep learning, keep studying, keep on going. Yeah. You know? As long as you're both trying. Yeah. That's it. That's really the key. Both of you keep trying. And not put limitations on what you believe the other person's trying should be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know I've seen that in our own marriage. I know I've seen a lot of people I've coached have the same type of struggle of... Well, they did it, right? As soon as they, you hear these words, they, they didn't, or they did this, suddenly you're putting your definition of what success looks like on them. Yeah. You have now taken away their agency. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't have a hard conversation, but there's a structure for how you could do that. Well, don't you think it limits you too? Oh, it mm-hmm. does. I think a lot of... The things that I'm learning, obviously I've been taught by you guys, which has been really <laughs> awesome. But I do, I think I think you guys are a great example of don't give up and just keep going. And I don't know, because I didn't know you guys at the beginning, right? So to me, this is how you've always been, right? Yeah. Because this is what I yeah. see. Yes. This I didn't know you when you were first married or when you were struggling with kids. What I see now, I'll just be honest, like sometimes I'm like, they have like the perfect marriage. It's just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong. It's so great. Perfectly imperfect. But, we, but yes. yeah, but that's the thing that I love too, though, is that like you guys are like honest. You don't hide things, not only from yourselves, but from like your friends. I don't sit around and envy beca- and, and whine and complain because, you know, I know that, yeah, you guys, it's amazing, but you're, you're, you're constantly working at it. And that's the thing that I want, I think, most for people to take away from this is that like with anything, you just have to keep working and you have to try and you have to give up and you have to... I mean, you have to give up everything, but you, you know, you do have to be selfless. I think one of the big secrets to our successes in life, our marriage, our parenting, and our kids are not perfect either. Mm-hmm. Just like y'all, you know, <laughs> whoever y'all is, you probably have some kids that give you a run for your money, right? We've heard people say everything you touch turns to gold. Mm-hmm. They think that about the businesses that we own. Mm-hmm. They think that about all the things that we do. They think that we live, that we really are the epitome of the Instagram life in mm-hmm. real life. Like it's not just for show. I believed that at the, when I first met you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what you do. Now you know better. Yeah. <laughs> now I know better. It's okay. What, I got the inside scoop now. <laughs> right? What you didn't see is that there was several prevailing mindsets and questions that we continue to ask ourselves over and over and over again. One, what am I learning right now? We weren't doing marriage wrong. We were learning about what works for us. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's no right or wrong no. way because it's totally different for each couple. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when those really life-altering things that Becky kind of intonated and I'll throw some of them out there. She's not giving me the stink eye yet, so I'm gonna talk. <laughs> there it is. Okay, I will tamper it down. No, you know, look, having a child who is sexually abused by a neighbor, filing bankruptcy, cancer, marital problems. Can I dare say it? Sexual intimacy 
conflict, not understanding sexual intimacy as a relationship, having businesses blow up, having businesses be phenomenally successful. That also has its own challenge. All of these things did nothing more than give us experience. And we keep asking, what have we learned? What am I learning? I'm not failing, I'm learning. Sometimes I learned not to do that thing. <laughs> right. that, that's a great thing to know in marriage, in business, in life. And so I think a lot of our mindset has been, what am I learning? And where can I see the hand of the Lord today? What am I grateful for today? And I've got to tell you, there were days that was like, well, I'm breathing. I think I'm grateful. I think I'm grateful that I'm breathing. <laughs> for me, it's, oh, I'm so grateful the day is over. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm so grateful that yeah. the day was over and I could wasn't grateful that the next day was starting yet. Yeah. I, yeah. I was like, that won't... Eight hours is too soon. I didn't I didn't need it that quick. But, you know, just continually looking at life from this lens of where is the hand of the Lord? Mm-hmm. What am I grateful for? What am I learning? Right, what? your growth. Because I think it's important to recognize, too, that you have grown and that your spouse has grown. Mm-hmm. Like, that's important, too. Oh, yeah. We didn't start out this way. Yeah. We did not start out this way. Nobody does. No. <laughs> we started out just like so many other people, 18 years old, two weeks out of high school, pregnant and questioning, did we do the right thing by getting married? Or should we have followed the counsel of parents and just give a baby up for adoption? We had to have that conversation. I'm grateful for the choices that we've made. I'm grateful for the mistakes that we've made. I'm grateful that we just keep trying. At the end of the day, our marriage is not perfect. But dang, it's good <laughs> compared to where it was. And we're, it's just continued to get better. Yeah. yeah. And Even isn't that amazing that, that it can? Yeah. Because sometimes you might get to a point where you're like, oh my gosh, it's never been this good. It'll never be this good again. But then because you're working together and you're trying, it does get better. You wake up a little surprised. Yeah. Like, what the heck? <laughs> She's still here. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. You guys, this I love you, been, This has been an amazing conversation. I just really appreciate you guys sharing what you've shared because I know some of it's personal. But um, I really hope that it will help someone see not to give up and that they yeah. can keep going. So Me too. Maybe in a year or so, we'll have another love and marriage conversation and see how it's going. <laughs> right? Then Just we need kidding. a different theme song. We'll come up with a new theme song for love and marriage. Well, we're still not empty nesters, even though we thought we were going to be empty nesters. So maybe in a year, yeah. we'll have a conversation of when we're actually empty nesters. If, right? If that, when you're if that happens. When, when, when our bounce back. Yeah. Our bounce back. It gets back. Never off the payroll. <laughs> Never off the payroll. <laughs> well, so hey, I got a. Th- I have a song. Are you ready? Oh, I of course. Of course. So, love, love changes everything. Yes, <laughs> that's a good one too. Right? It does, though. Right? It does. It does. Oh, you guys are great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on Test Talks today. 
I hope you enjoyed my chat with Dr. Mark Leonard and Coach Becky Leonard. If you're interested in learning more about their mindset, you can contact me on Instagram at Test Talks, and I'll be sure to get you in touch with them. I know that not all relationships are the same, and I'm actually very grateful for that. I think it's really important for husbands and wives and spouses, significant others, that we really support each other, that we put our significant other first, because when we are selfless, I think that really helps strengthen a marriage and it shows that we care about our significant other. Marriage, like any relationship, is hard, but isn't it worth fighting for? Isn't it worth working hard for? It's really important in any relationship to find the good, be grateful for what you have, be grateful for each other, and be kind to each other. In any relationship, whether it's um, marriage, family, or friendship, that bond, that true friendship that you can have can really make a difference in your relationships. Our mindsets are very important and they will help us to have a good marriage, a good friendship, a good relationship. I hope you'll reach out to someone that you love this week and either do something kind for them or say something kind to them and let them know that you love them. And as always, Love hard, live full, and laugh often, and I'll see you next time.